Have you ever wondered how people buy huge businesses? What do they look at and how do they make their decisions? And what insight can these things provide about how to build a better business? Welcome to a journey into the mind of a business buyer. But why would you go on such a journey? I talk to all my clients about having empathy for your buyer, but what the heck do I mean by that? If you ever wanna sell your business, absolutely have to know what your buyer's thinking and what they're looking for. And that's what we're gonna find out today. I interviewed Kavita Sahai, a serial buyer. She does it for a living. And I asked her everything that you need to know about being appealing to a buyer. I'm about to totally expose the thoughts that buyers don't want you to know, the things that they'd be absolutely shocked and appalled at me for making public, the things that are probably gonna get them to call a hitman on me after this video drops. Just kidding. In reality, buyers actually love it when you're prepared. And if they love it, they pay more. And that's what you want for your business. So Kavita began working in investment banking, focusing on mergers and acquisitions, and this taught her the basics of business deals. From there, she went into private equity work and also got her master's in business administration. In this work, she'd work on completely overhauling businesses to make them more profitable. So breaking down everything and just making it better. She's been a business owner for herself and also a business operator. So today I'm gonna share with you the six things that I learned from her that you need to know about your business. Things that a buyer will be thinking if you try to sell them your business. But let's get into what she had to say about what business owners can do to get a lot more money for their businesses when they sell. So the first thing that I wanted to know was what her motivation was for buying businesses. Would you consider yourself more of a personal buyer or a strategic buyer? Um, I would say a little bit of both. Um, I probably wouldn't buy a business that was completely out of the wheelhouse. So my business is Kesa High, so we do a lot of natural wellness and beauty. And then with my husband, I also own some medical practices. So the business would have to in some way fit into to one of those two buckets or be a supplier. So for example, it wouldn't be crazy to do marketing company or um, a paper shredding company or something like that. As a buyer, she looks at more than just profitability. It's about growth, potential, personal alignment, and strategic fit. But I dug a little deeper and realized some things are more important than others. Could you tell me about your first time buying a business and what got you to kind of take that leap and what interested you in, in getting into that? So first time it was actually because I really, and it, it was a kind of a unique asset deal, but it was because I really wanted the formulations of the company. So they were the oil formulations. I had used them myself. They had worked amazing for my own health. And so really kind of took a look at how much is the brand value versus just the asset like formulations and, and trade secrets, if you will sort of worth. And so that was sort of the first time that I had looked at uh, a deal in that way. So she focuses more on what the business offers today, not just the dreams of tomorrow. What about the value of a brand? I was curious what she looks at as far as brand and whether it's worth paying money for. Could you tell me a little bit about in particular the brand value and how how and why that appealed to you as a buyer? So it was actually the brand that didn't, it wasn't the brand that appealed, right? It was more the assets like the formulations in my perspective. But to your point, I do find that a lot of buyers will say, you know, there's a lot of potential. And I always like that too. That's like telling me there's a piece of land and there's a lot of potential to put a house and then sell it for millions. Growth potential while nice to me is not something that you can really pay for. What you pay for is what the business has today. But I also think that you can't just say what the business has today is the cash flow, right? So sometimes there are other intrinsic pieces of value. Maybe it's a really amazing relationship that they have with a buyer or something that they haven't been able to monetize, but there is some value. So I, I do think there's a little bit of a science and art to the valuation piece. But I always tell 
sellers that they also have to put themselves in the buyer's seat. So for example, if I'm going to buy it for three times and I assume there's no growth because again, I'm not paying you for growth. What does that look like in today's current lending environment, right? Does that seem practical? So while this might be discouraging for those hoping to kind of bank in on the value of their brand, at least it's a consideration, but clearly it's much more about the value of the assets within the business. We all know that cash flow is the lifeblood of the business, but I wanted to know how important it really is to a buyer. When you look at a business that you're thinking about buying, aside from buyer or founder fit and the assets that you see within the business, what are some of the other things that you look at that make a business either stand out as a valuable purchase or not? Um, honestly, cash is king. So it's cash flow, right? How are they cash flowing? Is it consistent? Is it predictable? Is it um, is there diversification in their customer base or is it one or two people? And if they go away, you're screwed. So it's, it's sort of the general things you might look at when you're thinking about a business. But to me, those are really important. So not only is cash flow king, but it's also about predictability and stability. I can attest personally to both the cash flow and the customer diversification pieces she talked about. When I sold my company Chef on the Fly, these were absolutely among the biggest few focuses from the buyer and the things he was willing to pay for. Now, not only were these huge in my sale, but even bigger was the next thing I asked her about. I wanted to know what she thought about having management and keep people in place in the business. Say that an owner is retiring or they're planning on retiring and they haven't quite worked out the details yet of what management will look like. Is that something that to you as a buyer is usually a deal breaker or is that more of just an opportunity that you think you can serve well? So to me, it's not that it's a deal breaker, but if you've got the main guy and then everyone below him is like four levels below and don't really understand or have never met the customers or don't understand the business, then that is a deal breaker because I'm not trying to go in there to run it myself. But um, buyers are not going to give credit to the seller salary because they're going to know that they're going to have to replace that salary in any case. You might as well have that done. You're going to get a better, you're going to attract a lot more people because they're going to have that opportunity to not have to learn everything. Having a solid management team and structure is absolutely key to a business selling. And this is where the conversation took an interesting turn that I really liked. She had some great thoughts about her personal approach for actually negotiating these deals. I, I think one of the things is just sitting down and being honest, like, I really like your business. I really want to make something happen here. Like, let's not play games with, oh, I've got a hundred other deals going on. Both parties have to come to the table and commit and say, look, we want to do something together. And then the other way to look at it is just to have the fine. I mean, you have a model, right? So you can say, well, look, I'm, this is how much money I'm going to borrow. This is current interest rate. This is how much cash is left. Does that seem like, let's all look at this together. I find if everyone's looking at the financial model together, then you kind of, both sides are like, oh yeah, I guess that's true. You'd be working for free for five years in this business <laughs> you know, before making any money, I guess. This was actually really refreshing to hear. There are buyers out there that wanted to work out well for everyone involved. I particularly loved a point that she brought up about keeping the seller in on a consulting role. She likes to leave them with a little bit of a equity and ownership in the company still. And this is so that they can not only help with the big picture without having to worry too much about the company anymore, but also still benefit when the company grows. Kind of keeps everyone aligned. And as a potential seller of a business, I want you to take this away more than anything. There are buyers 
out there like this. So that should be your standard. If they don't seem like they want it to be a win-win for everyone, don't do it. Keep growing your business and find one who does. Thanks for joining me on this little journey. And remember, understanding what they look for is absolutely crucial if you're selling your business and you want to get the most value for it. If you found this valuable, don't forget to share it with someone else who you think will. And if you still have questions about how this applies to your business, you can book a call with me in the description or just message me on Instagram at brodyvinson.io. Stick around for more videos like these floating ones around me and stay tuned for deep dives into the world of business acquisitions and selling. As always, happy value building.